Welcome everybody to podcast today for September 26, 2016. Last night, WWE held their, I was going to say Night of Champions, it's Clash of Champions, nearly fell into their trap. They laid that trap for me to nearly fall into, but I didn't fall into. It's Clash of Champions, not Clash of the Champions though, because this isn't WCW. The is a very square word in 2016 relative to like 1998, isn't 97? When was the last Clash of the Champions? Anyway. That is neither here nor there. Last night, it was a Raw brand pay-per-view, the first of the new era brand split, not the first one ever, because there have been plenty of Raw exclusive brand pay-per-views. That's been a thing in the past. Can you stop lying to me, WWE? Stop saying things are first time ever when they're not first time ever. They're not first time ever. It's just like probably like 30th or whatever. I don't know how many Raw brand pay-per-views there's been. There's been lots. That's my point. There's been lots. But anyway, every two weeks, basically, at this stage, we now have new WWE pay-per-view shows, churning them out makes having to preview and review them very very problematic if you run a wrestling website i have endless sympathy for for any wrestling site actually that has to cover all this bloody stuff and then churn out content and you might say oh well it's only running about wrestling which is every bloody week there's a new show at this stage nonetheless it was it was a strange show i'll go through match by match nia Jax beat alicia fox squashed her more or less didn't look that impressive didn't look bad basically every nia Jax squash ever she looks fine she's not great she doesn't own that role you want to, you just want to see her like have the, you know you, you look into her eyes and, and for great monsters you can you can see it you can see that they believe that that monster role and she doesn't which is unfortunate because i think she is talented enough she's pretty talented but she just needs to own it she needs to be hers she needs to dominate go watch some awesome kong tapes god's sake it's like watch watch prime awesome kong it's like yep She's a badass. You can see it. You can feel it. It's tangible. The match was pretty good, though. It, it did what it needed to do. Alicia Fox was pretty good in this match, too. She was plucky. That's all you can ask for. New Day beat Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson in a frankly baffling match. The match was actually pretty good. It was basically a sprint. They, they, I think they had like seven minutes, and they just went and ran through hot tags and all that pretty quick. But Gallows and Anderson came out in this match looking like this was going to be, this was their moment. This was, this was the hard reset they very desperately needed from pretty much the second they debuted. And then they lost. And like they came out in this match, they, they they were dominant. They were looking like badass ass kickers who were taking no names and taking no prisoners and taking names even. And dominating and beating up the New Day who are obnoxiously stale. I'm sick of the New Day. I, I don't want to see the New Day ever again. It's When they debuted, it was comically miscast because they were baby faces that should have been heels. And now they've gone back to that. They should still be heels. They're, they're just better heels. They're annoying. And I know their catchphrases are popular and their merchandise sells and they're holding Biggie back. So just keep keep Xavier and Kofi together as a team. Then you get your New Day pop and, you know, you're not wasting Biggie Langston on a goofy mid-carried comedy act. But yeah, this, this match was baffling. Gallows and Anderson dead in the water. New Day stale as all hell. One of the worst long title reigns of all time. People are always asking for long title reigns. It's only as good as as good as the title reign is. And this reign has been fairly woeful. The New Day have just had the belts. They haven't been doing anything with them. They've just had them there for like 400 days or something or whatever it is now tj perkins defeated brian kendrick thankfully i don't rate brian kendrick i've never rated brian kendrick i don't think he's actually that great of a pro wrestler he's a really good tag team wrestler really like london and kendrick in the day but as a singles guy never had any interest in brian kendrick and he was tna work meh and he was like indie workers early pre-wb work a spanky nah and even like his his w stuff for fair enough he wasn't a, a featured act in like 2008 2009 but 
never was like, oh, Brian Kendrick's wrestling, I have to pay attention. And people will go, oh, well, he had a good match with Austin Aries in TNA or, or wrestling Kota Ibushi during Cruiserweight Bay Classic. And one, that was because they had a very good emotional story attached to that match. That was a great job. And he was wrestling freaking Kota Ibushi, who is amazing. Kota Ibushi literally has compelling matches with inanimate objects. That is a thing Kota Ibushi does. So Brian Kendrick is a little better than an inanimate object. I'll give him that. TJ Perkins won. This was his introduction to the audience, which was baffling in many ways, especially considering his finish is a submission. You really, you, you want to establish that before the match, but uh, this match was, I don't know. They, they worked the wrong match for this crowd. They worked the wrong match for this division, frankly. Flips and cool stuff. That's what, what makes Cruiserweights different. And fair enough, as you build that, you build them into kind of long form, kind of more ambitious matches, but you get the crowd on board first with flips and cool stuff. And I'm not sure TJP is, is that guy. He has worked TV Cruiserweight style matches before. He spent a couple of years doing that in TNA. So that will probably work to his advantage. It's not like this is new to him. He's, he's done this for two years, longer even. He was on TV for TNA for a decade, basically on and off. But I, I can't help but think Metallic, Grand Metallic would have been a better choice in this spot just because he's flashier and he's showier and, you know, he catches your attention instantly. He's visually striking. And I, I, I really like TJP. I, I, he's, he, I'm fond of TJP, but... Nonetheless, he will have more time, I hope. And I hope they don't panic and hit reset buttons based on the tepid response to the Cruiserweight division so far because people have been condemning them, and rightfully so. They, they've made a bit of a mess of it, but they've kind of been earnest in their intent, at least so far. It just hasn't gone so well. They just don't know how to handle the smaller wrestlers because, like, the first words out of Mick Foley's mouth was basically like, yeah, we get it, they're small. But no no one thinks about that anymore. Finn Balor is, like, five foot seven. He's, he's taller than that, but I actually don't know how much. He's not a tall man, is what I'm getting at. People don't think about that anymore. Floyd Mayweather's five foot six. Match seven in the best of seven series, Cesaro and Sheamus went to a, a no contest slash draw. It was a count out. I don't even know how it ended. Really fun match. They beat the living hell out of each other. They, they had some fun callbacks to their other matches. You know, they, they varied up their offense doing new things, which makes sense that they try something different in match seven where their opponents don't know what they're going to do and they they built this big match and they they were really like going for this this big epic match and if they had this big epic conclusion to this big epic match it might have worked but they didn't it was a lame count out no contest lying on the floor match stoppage kind of deal ruined the match took the crowd out of the show more or less for the rest of the show as well well Jericho and Zane kind of got them back they had a good match get that in a sec but this this could have been a star making match for whoever won it and they squandered that by having a terrible, terrible finish. Also, Cesaro nearly died. He did a suicide dive and went right down on his head. Stop being needlessly aggressive on these dives, please, people. It's just, it doesn't get that much more of a reaction. Most of the time, it doesn't get any more of a reaction. People still respond to dives. Like, the, the Wolves, they're good examples. Eddie Edwards, David Richards, they, they generally do pretty safe dives. And they, they string them together and then they do stereo dives and... They never, like, overcommit. They never recklessly throw themselves full force through the ropes. They just do a dive, and they usually get a reaction. Just don't kill yourself for no reason. People shouldn't kill themselves for no reason. That's just a general thing about life as well. Chris Jericho, Sami Zayn, had a good match. You know, Jericho's older. This year in particular, his age has shown, and he's working Sami Zayn. Like, he's, he's one of the better wrestlers on Earth. Sami Zayn is fantastic. So, you know, if they had a bad match, Jericho should give up on wrestling, and they didn't. They had a pretty darn good match, actually. Really enjoyable. And, you know, Jericho, he pretty much kept up. There was some stuff that looked a little iffy, but Jericho kept up. And anyone that would overly condemn some of those just little iffy moments are being overly harsh. Jericho did a good job here. And, of course, there Jericho won, which is, is baffling because Sami Zayn should be positioned for a big feud with Kevin Owens. It's not like the Raw brand has anything else going on. But then, then Jericho won. 
He's beaten AJ Styles and Sami Zayn on pay-per-view this year. Make sense of that one. He's in his 40s. His TV years are long past 40s. Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha Banks, not a very good match. Three-way title match. Made very little sense. Dana Brooke interfered like 10 minutes in. It was no disqualification. They even made a point to say it was no disqualification, no count-out, even though usually like their triple threat matches are like that anyway. But they even made an explicit point to say that about the match, and Dana Brooke still didn't interfere for 10 minutes. Why wasn't this just basically a tag team match for a while? Or they, they could have at least done something where Bailey and Sasha Banks threw Dana Brooke into the ring steps, just, you know, take her out for a little while, and then she comes back into the match. So that would make sense. And it didn't make sense, and the match wasn't very good. Rusev, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns won the title. I I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. Because they, they insist on pushing him as this big deal, and, you know, they're, they're pushing Kevin Owens as, as the champion of the brand, so... Reigns has to do something, so why not feed Rusev to him after Rusev's, you know, heating up a little lately? Until he was put in this program with Roman Reigns, of course. And now Rusev is back to square one, and Roman Reigns is still no better off than he ever was. It's all very dumb. I don't get it. The audience doesn't like him. He's not a very likable man. I'm looking at a promo shot before the match of him just standing there looking smug. It's just, you know, you know, the match graphic. And I'm like, I don't like you just based on this match graphic. And yet... They're still forcing them down people's throats as a babyface. I don't I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand why you should fight your audience so long. And, you know, sometimes it might be worth it to try. Sometimes, you know, your audience might be wrong. Or you might think your audience is wrong and worth leading in the opposite direction. But when, when you failed so categorically over and over again to change your audience's mind about this guy, nothing is going to do it. Literally nothing at this stage. So turn him. God, it's dumb. And then the main event was a train wreck. It was the Stephanie McMahon... Triple H show where these people were fighting for their affection, basically. Not for the, the Universal Championship, that's that's secondary. They were fighting for Triple H's affection, because that's all that matters in this company, what Triple H and Stephanie think. The match wasn't even very good. The crowd weren't particularly into it, because these people are props for Stephanie McMahon and Triple H and McMahon family drama and all that nonsense. They're not real characters in their own right. They're not real human beings with drives and motivations and ambitions. Or at least they are to the extent that it matters to whatever story they're telling about Triple H this month. Wonderful, isn't it? This, this was a... I don't know, it wasn't a great show. On paper, like, you, you look at these matches and you're like, this should be a great show, but with bad booking decisions, characters that are just falling flat left, right, and center, and bad finishes. Kind of squandered everything this show had to offer. That's Night of Champions. I said Night of Champions. Damn it. That's Clash of Champions. You can listen to new episodes of podcasts today every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network. You can subscribe on YouTube or follow me on Twitter at Garkidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.